Your children are not your children. They are sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backward nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the make upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he also loves the bow that is stable. Hey, beautiful people, and thank you so much for joining This Is How You Heal's episode this week. My name is Yada, and I will be your host. I am a clinical mental health therapist, a life coach, a poet, an artist, and all-over creative soul here to invite you into a transformative space where healing, personal development, and growth are all laid into our foundation. So today's episode is going to be about enmeshment and family enmeshment specifically and how it affects your life. So the parts that we're going to cover in today's episode is going to be what is enmeshment, what it looks like and the pieces that make it work, how enmeshment causes behavioral, social, emotional, and psychological challenges, and then last but not least, how to break free from enmeshment and how to heal from enmeshment. So I started off with a quote by Khalil Gibran. Khalil Gibran is a phenomenal author, one of my absolute favorites. Um, He has a very psychological but very spiritual understanding of um, the soul and the human experience, I guess. Um, And I've always been very drawn to his writing. But this quote in particular really just gave me such a good segue into this episode because he discusses the idea of having children as something outside of belonging or property or you having some sort of attachment and and we we notice that a lot of our generational trauma stems from a lot of the suffering at the hands of our families and what our inner child had to have endured or continues to endure to actually be able to fall into what your soul actually came here for what your purpose is And when he was speaking in this passage, what I was able to pull from him was that one, that second line, your children are not your children. And that second line says, they are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. You may give them love, but not your thoughts. There's no force. There's no ownership. There's no attachment. I'm given such a beautiful energy. I'm giving, I'm given life. I'm allowing life to come into this world. And I have this precious responsibility to see what the universe wants to bring in, what their soul, what their story is. 
But when you grow up in a enmeshed family system, that's not really how it works. So enmeshment, it's most prevalent in a parent-child relationship and the dynamic that that plays out in. So parents who try to exert control over their children will create different spoken and unspoken rules that basically govern the child's beliefs and their behavior. So parents in enmeshed families often rely on their children for emotional support and expect them to live nearby or live with them and pursue a specific career or to believe a certain thing or to dress a certain way. And it's basically you are just an extension of their world, of what they expected. Um, living in their own type of bubble of anxiety or uh, whatever it may be. And enmeshment, it's a dysfunctional relational pattern. So basically your personal boundaries are very, very blurred, very unclear, or just non-existent entirely. And we know that having no personal boundaries in any type of relationship leads to unhealthy beliefs regarding yourself and your relationships and it affects you in so many ways personally and, and socially um, enmeshment will refer to the lack of self other differentiation so you know non-existent boundaries and unhealthy family patterns like when there's that type of control and and social problems and dysfunctional relationship patterns and a lack of independence and a lack of ability to be an individual over your own feelings and behaviors and the way that you even carry yourself causes so many identity issues and then it has family members you know not having a healthy level of independence and autonomy And usually that comes from a chaotic family. An enmeshed family is basically referred to most of the time as a chaotic family. Emotionally and mentally chaotic. You know, it doesn't have to be just like what you see from from bird's eye view. So enmeshment often involves a level of control where parents attempt to know and control their children's thoughts and feelings. And being first generation, a lot of people can recognize that this doesn't just happen from a family level, but this happens from a community level as well. If you grew up in a certain type of community where, you know, you have to fit into a specific criteria that was created to you. And let's not even get started if you're a woman. You know, it just gets further and further and further. There's more limitations that are added. Um, Another thing about enmeshment, I know I touched on a little bit, but this idea that the level of control where parents attempt to know and control their children's thoughts and feelings, they also end up relying too heavily on their children for emotional support. And then at that point, they may even try to live their lives through their children um, or they turn their children into a parent or a therapist or a pseudo partner. And then you start getting into emotional incest and you know, we're going to save that for another episode. We're just going to stick with enmeshment today. But there's there's a lot of things that come out of that. Another thing would be parentification. That's something else we can talk about. Um, but there's usually no tolerance for individuality or, or being separate or, you know, um, not doing uh, the status quo. There's uh, no tolerance for that. So in any way that they control you, whether that be financially or if you're still living under living in their home or anything that they can hold over your head will be held over your head. Guilt and shame are strong factors that are used against to, to keep you in control or to keep them in control and to keep you controlled. 
So next part we said we're going to talk about what enmeshment causes. So if you grew up in an enmeshed relationship or an enmeshed family system, you may feel like you don't get to make independent life decisions because your parents place unreasonable expectations on you to follow in their footsteps or live out in their unfulfilled ambitions. So, you know, we make a lot of jokes from like first gen kids like being like, yeah, you know, they, my parents told me I had to become a doctor. But that shit gets so serious sometimes because I've seen like a lot of friends fall under that pressure. Or um, if you have a very religious parent and whatever you deem as a definition of religious, but um, if you do not follow in that exact way, and it doesn't even just have to be the parent, but the, the, the community as a whole and what like what type of respect they're going to choose to give you based off of how in, in alignment you are with their beliefs and if you are not in alignment with their beliefs if you challenge their beliefs then they're very quick to judge you and very quick to categorize you as something placed as less than or other or someone who needs help uh it's, it's very egotistical and it's it's very um abusive and and yeah people who think like that there's there's a lot of work to be done but, you know, the work can be done. Um, another thing it causes, it causes a lack of a well-defined sense of self. A lot of identity trauma. Um, having trouble maintaining stable relationships. You know, you, you find yourself in these toxic and abusive relationships and you ask yourself, how the hell did I get myself here? And then you start, you know, finding the pieces that, that make sense. It's like a puzzle piece and you're like, oh my god this happened because da, 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 x y and z happened when i was a kid or you know i didn't you know get this you start making connections is what i'm trying to say um and a lot of those restrictions that are placed on you can really follow you from your childhood to you as an adult and your parents may find it basically intoler intolerable if you as like their adult child um, kind of strays away from this like narrowly defined path that they created for you and that's when a lot of the emotional abuse comes in um, the parents will you know start hitting you with a lot of extreme resistance a lot of guilt a lot of manipulation a lot of emotional abuse this won't just come from the family the the immediate family but from the extended family and from community members as well and a lot of these issues can be, you know, compounded to create a lot of, you know, these different types of conditions. And one of them really, you know, if we just want to generalize it, it would be called enmeshment trauma. So some key terms to look up if you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. But what this kind of can manifest into is um, parentification, infantilization, adultification, alienation, lack of boundaries, lack of privacy, inability to form your own identity, a cause of lack of self-esteem, confidence, and self-identity, and emotional incest and over-reliance. Or um, I guess the last one might be living vicariously through your children. So let's talk about the next part where how enmeshments can cause these sorts of challenges that I just talked about. One thing I want to talk about is the relationship between enmeshed families and cults. I know that might sound a little extreme, but a lot of times enmeshment can very much look like cult-like behavior. So as basic um, as like the, you know, 
as the building blocks of society, families, they have a crucial role in social development. You are going to teach your kid, you know, certain ways of living that's going to then, then when they get into society, they're going to develop socially in that context. And, you know, depending on how you did that or how much of that you did, it can either hinder them or help them excel. And families basically bear the primary responsibility for the education and socialization of their children. Um, and they're there to instill values um, of belonging in, in said society. So the first um, bond that we really ever really create with anyone is our family as well. So those interactions will develop into different relationships that we'll continue to see ourselves kind of playing like it feels like a different battlefield but really you're on the same battlefield you're just turning around and fighting the same person that may just look different you know um so the relationship between dysfunctional families and cults i kind of instead of just saying dysfunctional families i kind of want to just talk about like dysfunctional communities and I have okay so basically think about like a community that you know everybody knows everybody and I come from a community that's that that you know is uh, similar to this but everybody knows everybody and everybody likes to talk about everybody and every a lot of people aren't happy a lot of people are gonna act like they're happy but really there's so many problems happening within their own lives and, you know, the reason we all know this is everybody's going to tell your business, you know, people are going to be talking and saying this person so and so is dealing with this. And usually it's like really big stuff that people are dealing with. But on the outside, you portray yourself differently. So when you grow up in a community where you have to um, perform, you feel like you have to perform for others, the way you present yourself, you know, uh, the lineage that you come from. There's like a certain type of pride that people carry. And then when you bring religion into it, then that even gets messier because you have to practice the exact same way. You have to abide by the same exact set of rules. You have to do these things because if you don't, then you're not performing right. And of course, you know, mind you, a lot of people, this isn't a performance, it's a way of life, but I'm speaking to the unhealthy, uh, toxic parts. You know, now, now I, I want to touch on uh, attachment theory. So what attachment theory is first? It basically proposes that infants' first attachment experience has profound influence on the subsequent cognitive and emotional development. Um, specifically, the quality of the bond that they have with their parents or with their mother or with their father will develop a child's sense of connectedness. And what is connectedness? Connectedness is, it basically encompasses the caring and supportive relationships of that child, and it's a very critical factor in their mental health and their well-being. So when we talk about attachment theory and we talk about the different types of attachment, there's secure, and then there's the three that are not. Um, and that's why you'll see yourself play out these toxic relationships because 
think of you as a child like you come in so pure and so innocent like you're just like this beam of light ready to give out whatever you need to give out to the world and then you end up like in america like can you imagine like man i would be crying too for real think about it those babies come out crying like yeah i <laughs> i get it now like you think you're coming here to like spread your light and you know be in this beautiful space and then like i wake up and i'm in a hospital in chicago like <laughs> to some crazy generational uh, uh trauma and stories that are about to follow me and then you think about like you know the trauma that you endured growing up um especially like you know coming like from your from your ethnicity to to whatever it may be um you know being palestinian there's a lot that comes with that and you know x y and z but essentially all these things kind of uh affect you and in kind of like the way that i like to say it is like you just get a lot of gunk thrown at you so you get all this gunk thrown at you from an emotional and mental and spiritual standpoint to the point where you weren't able to develop fully and then you know you end up in these really disgusting abusive relationships and they start mirroring all the nastiness from everything and then you have this moment where you entirely just that person dies like you'll have a moment where you think back to that person that has gone through all of that and they literally are dead it's not that person anymore you form like a completely different identity and this new identity that's on this personal development track and this healing track like is just releasing and shedding so much. Which brings me to the resilience theory. So it's basically in relation to the protective influence that relationships with significant others may provide for us. So in what way are we able to be resilient? In what way are we able to be strong? In what way are we able to um, uphold healthy relationships? Um, especially that with ourselves. So, for time's sake, how do we categorize a healthy family system from a dysfunctional one? Dysfunctional family is one that basically doesn't teach its family members um, how to relate to one another, both inside and outside of the family. So the members then will start forming these bonds and achieving autonomy in their relationships with other people um, or I'm sorry, they, they won't start forming bonds and achieving autonomy in relationships with other people. They create attachment issues. So when trust is abs absent or, you know, kind of just deficient, relationships will be based instead on like subtle or intense forms of control. And that's when you notice that like you may be very hyper aware of things. Um, like when it comes to like behavior, like if somebody... You know, somebody says, it's fine, or like, ugh, it's fine, it's whatever. Now, they just spoke in two languages. They spoke English, they said it's fine, but then there was an emotional language there, and that emotional language is saying that it's really not fine. And people who come from enmeshed family systems will recognize that there's a lot of those manipulation tactics that'll be used by family members or community members, where um, guilt and shame is like this like intense weapon of control that is used against you. And that's what causes a lot of your 
uh, lack of self-confidence and, and lack of self-identity. That causes lack of self-confidence because how are you going to be confident and you don't know who you are? And you're just people-pleasing nonstop because that's what you were raised to do. That's what you were taught to do. That's what you just innately is, is a human being that just wants love and, and someone to care for you and all these things that are, of course, you're going to want that. We're programmed to want that. You're going to start people-pleasing. You're going to start reading people based off of how they're saying things. Like somebody can, you know, your partner can like huff and be like, and be like, oh my God, what's wrong? Are you mad at me? Your partner can, you know, take too long to respond to you and you can be like, oh my God, that's it. They're done. They're done with me. They don't want me anymore. They found someone else. And we're just like in a state of constant, like hyper aware, hypersensitivity, anxious energy, lack of self-confidence, lack of self-worth, lack of love for ourselves. So the, the next episode, I'm going to get into those pieces that I kind of brought up, like the um, parentification and all of that. They're each going to have their own episode because there's just, there's so much. So the last part of this, we're just going to talk about how those enmeshed family systems um, and those causes, those behavioral, social, emotional challenges, all of that, how you can start to break free and heal from them. The number one rule for this, and it's so, I'm going to sound like such a Western therapist right now, but set boundaries. And when we say set boundaries, I don't want you to be like, oh yeah, we'll try to set boundaries with, you know, uh, an immigrant parent. Don't, don't try to talk to me like I don't come from where you come from. Like <laughs> I got a, I got immigrant parents. I grew up in an immigrant, you know, community. You need to learn how to set boundaries that work for you. You're not going to go from zero to 100 in one step. But you need to be able to ask yourself, is me setting this boundary to keep myself sane, to keep myself alive? It really gets to that point, though. A lot of our kids, a lot of the people in, in, in our, our society are... Or, um, you know, in our communities are suicidal, are at the point where they just, they're dissociating. Do you know how dissociating, how terrifying that is? Feeling out of body, that your body is shutting down and like, I, I want to, I need to protect, I need to protect myself. Your body's literally trying to protect you. So you have an out of body experience. You don't feel human. You're disconnected. You have to physically disconnect to that point, and you don't even have control over it. So healing from enmeshment, what that looks like is having more of like a, um, a connection with self again. So trying to connect with yourself like physically is really important, like gaining control of your body. Because when we think of anxiety, what comes up with anxiety, a lot of panic attacks, a lot of I can't control my breathing, I feel like I'm going to die, your thoughts are just going everywhere, your face gets flushed, your body is hot, you're shaking, like you are not in control. So how do we gain control of our bodies? Number one, come to the present moment as much as you can. 
So if you look at a lot of these um, anxiety uh, remedies, you know, it'll be like digging your uh, toes into the ground. Why? Because it's trying to get you to ground yourself and, and feel in that moment and get out of your head. Or the um, tapping your fingers, like the one, two, three, four, tapping each finger. Or the five senses remedy where you uh, say something that you see, something that you smell, something that you hear. Ground yourself, bring yourself back to the present moment. Every single time you get lost in your head, bring yourself to the present moment. Something that really helps me is like, I'll look, you know, first I'll try to go and have like a grounding experience every single day. But if I'm in the thick of it and I can tell that my brain is going, you know, a hundred miles an hour, then I'm going to look around and I'll be like, okay, let me look around over here and see what I see in, in, in the space that I'm in. And what do I hear? That five senses thing is very, very helpful. Another way to connect to your body is releasing the trauma that you have been in for so long. So something that's worked for me is I've been going to yoga. And yoga has been a phenomenal way to release so much stored and pent-up trauma that has been in my body. Um, but it's also really reconnected me with the present moment and reconnected me with every single part of myself physically. Like to take the time from, you know, the top of your head all the way down to your toes. Like to give that space to give to breathe life like when you're literally breathing into each part of your body and you're challenging yourself and you're seeing how much further you can take yourself it's you're in control you're in control um, another thing that is extremely important I probably should have started with this one but give yourself the space at whatever capacity you're able to do so you cannot heal in the same environment that made you so sick you can protect yourself as much as you can in the environment that made you sick, but you can't get to that state of healing if you're still in the thick of it. So if you're able to leave a space that causes you so much pain, I suggest you do that. And I suggest that you choose yourself every single time. And I know that's going to be hard because you've never been taught how to choose yourself. Choosing yourself feels guilty makes you feel ashamed but again what did we say where did we say that guilt and shame comes from is it even ours are we even thinking about what we want or are we in the minds of others shaming ourselves knowing how it affect others most of the time you do things you know in in that capacity it's not even for you it's not for you you're thinking about how it would affect other people even if you're not like literally thinking of it in that moment in your subconscious that's what you're doing you know the reaction it would bring from somebody you know it uh, you know or the or a community at large or how this person will start to treat you if you're going to get the silent treatment a lot of parents a lot of immigrant parents will hit you with the silent treatment or they'll just start treating you very differently extremely manipulative extremely manipulative it's like they're withholding love at that point like i'm not going to love you if you act this way i'm not going to love you if you think this way i'm not going to love you if you if you uh believe in something this way or you dress this way or you act this way or if you don't take care of me in this way and then you start having these negative core wounds where you're like i am i'm unlovable 
or love becomes very conditional love is no longer unconditional so that has so that has terrible terrible effects on your self-esteem and, and how you travel through relationships and that's when you start finding the same person in different bodies and you're just like how am i in this endless cycle of toxic relationship after toxic relationship and it's the same issue it's because you're operating you're using the same playbook like sis hear me out like for real you are using the same playbook you are literally operating from the same space you are what are you doing differently you need to dig deeper it's another another thing um, to dig deeper to heal from from this dissect every single behavior and every single thought that you have now how do you do this this is something that's so important if you're basically just kind of like coasting through this episode this is something i really want you to tap into what i'm about to say because this was very transformative to me and this is something that i uh, work with my clients with um it's very it's kind of like you know, the, the format to a lot of my healing processes that, that I have with people who are trying to heal through a lot of um, identity trauma, enmeshment trauma, and childhood trauma. So, think of yourself in three parts. Put three fingers up. That middle, that middle finger, that's, that's your true self. That's your highest self. That's the self that came into this world. That pure innocent golden light that carries passion and laughter and empathy and love and hope and all these beautiful things before the world touched it then there's your inner child the part of you that has endured a lot of that trauma the part of you that has survived and continued trying to survive to get to where you are today and then there's your shadow self so the shadow self, a really good way of um, understanding the shadow self, your shadow self is basically trying to protect your inner child. So if your inner child feels like, you know, if your inner child was bullied, your shadow self will stop that bullying from happening. So whether that means that you are, um, you know, your coping mechanisms. So how you react to your behaviors to that. Um, so if your inner child was bullied a lot and then now you're a person that pops off at the mouth any chance that she gets when she feels very triggered by somebody because I'm going to protect myself. You are not going to make me feel like a little girl anymore. That's defenseless. That's a shadow. So um, what's really important is to track all of this. So get a journal and in that journal or if you hate writing, record do video recordings if you hate that if you want to get on actual video sit down and talk to yourself maybe weird but it's going to change your life and write down what you think your higher self looks like and, and what they're doing what type of business that they have how much money that they're making emotionally how they feel what the relationships look like around them visualize it completely and yes be delusional because why not why the fuck not why can why can't you have all those things why can't you be a billionaire why can't you have all the fancy clothes and the yachts and all that why can't if that's what you want why can't you 
Another form of delusion for you, like that you might think is delusional, is having you know healthy relationships and feeling so confident. For real, some folks get to the point where they're like, there's no way I don't think I'll ever love myself in that way. Especially when we live in a society where, you know, everything is just at the at the tips of our fingers. We see all these different types of people every second and we're comparing ourselves and we're taught to compare ourselves. So you get to the point where you really don't love yourself. So what if you did? What if you started to? What if that's what your highest self is doing? So then when you start writing all these things, now you can start looking at in what ways do I have to get there? But a better question is in what ways do I stop myself from getting there? because of my inner child and my shadow self. So then you start writing down the behaviors of yours and then you start writing down the things that you do that, that are hindering you. And then guess what? You're in flow. Naturally, once you start becoming healthy by exposing this stuff to yourself and, and sitting with it and letting it go, you start attracting people who are on the same level and on the same vibration. You start healing from enmeshment. You're no longer in that space. So that, that piece that I said earlier where, you're, where I said that person will completely, it, that person that used to exist doesn't exist anymore. You become someone else. It's because you did the work to get there. You know, I'm 28 right now. I promise you at 38, I won't be the same person. I better not. I better keep getting better and better and better and better and better. And what is better? I set that criteria. I'm in control. I decide what that looks like. Anyways, thank you so much for joining this week's episode. I know this was a loaded and heavy topic and I had to find a way to keep it within a 30 to 40 minute time limit. So uh, hopefully the following episodes, I'm just going to go a little bit more in depth um, on each subtopic. So, you know, um, parentification is a big one. Emotional incest is, an, is another big one. So we'll just kind of dissect those pieces and, and help you kind of dig deeper and, and try to pull some uh, some challenges that you faced um, with your inner child and with your shadow self. Um, so we can start doing this work together. Um, it's really important to know that you're not doing this by yourself and there's a whole community of us that are doing this. I'm doing this. I'm continuing to do this. Um, I'm continuing to learn from so many people. Um, so I'm just, I'm really grateful for life's journey and the blessings that come along the way that help me grow and continue to grow as a person. And I pray that you have that as well. And that's something that we can all do together. If you are interested on in one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching sessions, please reach out to me. Um, I have a booking form um, on my social media accounts if you look me up. Or if you go on 717coaching.com, you can fill out the form there. I also have a journal, calendar, and just worksheets, workbooks, a lot of resources. You can even reach out to me directly. I'd be more than happy to send as many free things your way. Um, this isn't about getting paid. This is about making sure that people are able to have a supportive community around them. So the things that can be free will be free. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thank you again so much. This is Yada with This Is How You Heal. And 
until next time.